This is Big Tasty Sports. The division preview series is done, and so we figured we needed to find something useful to fill the time until football actually starts. So I've got JJ and Yanni joining me tonight. We're going to talk some fantasy football uh, and do a little bit of a mock draft and then talk some sleepers or guys we like uh, a little further down the board. JJ is joining us from room 513. For anybody who needed that information, how is room 513, JJ? It's not bad. It's it's a little bigger um, than the last time I stayed here, so that's kind of cool. But um, yeah, otherwise, having a little trouble with the uh, HVAC, but yeah, we'll be all right. <laughs> we will be all right. You can't control that in a hotel room, you know? So you can't, I mean, you can give it a try, but yeah. Won't work. Yanni, you are not joining us from room 513. <laughs> How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing fine. Um, in in terms of HVAC, we or HVAC, we just spent <laughs> we just spent ten grand on a new uh, AC oh. unit ourselves. So, ouch! I, uh, oh yeah. no, Yanni. Uh, yeah, I hear you. So, what we really should be talking about tonight is lock max bets that you could go and uh, make that ten thousand dollars back real quick, right? <laughs> oh boy! All right. Uh, before we jump into it, uh, real quick. Uh, Make sure you're following uh, at the Bet Crushers at Yanni underscore Bet. I know they're going to have a lot more stuff coming out. Uh, football, there's NASCAR, all those other things. Try to hit that every time. But uh, if you're not following them, just go like open a new tab right now on your browser. Go to Twitter, which is X, and just follow them right now. It's not that hard. Also, like the video while you're at it because that's not hard either. All right, here's what we're going to do is we are going to go through two rounds of a half-point PPR fantasy draft. Um, we'll rotate, so we'll each make four picks in each round. Kind of talk about uh, what we like at the different spots and if we if we line up or if we see things a little bit differently. And then once we're done with that, we will talk some sleepers. I have given myself the... Uh, the honor of picking first because I never get a pick first in fantasy drafts. I don't know what it is. I always end up like I've done a couple mock drafts and I always end up like eighth where, you know, the people you really want are gone from the first round and you'd rather be 12th than eighth. So I'm going to go first and I'm going to pick a Viking. No big surprise. Justin Jefferson. The more, the more uh, I have thought about this year for the Vikings. Also, I have full transparency. I watched that. NFL quarterback show on Netflix and it made me like Kirk Cousins more than I've liked him in the past uh the toughness was something that I appreciated and and I think like when you see what these guys have to play through uh the amount that he got hit last year not that that will uh completely diminish but I think that this is going to be a pass heavy offense and it's a really talented offense and Justin Jefferson is uh the best of the bunch so Gonna go with Justin Jefferson at number one. Any uh disagreement or or thoughts on Justin Jefferson? He's a consensus number one for a reason. Yep. I, I mean, you know, he's there's no such thing as safe in fantasy, but he's about as safe as it gets. All right. Not much more to say. Well, let's uh let's go to you next, Yanni. Uh after that comment, pick number two. What do you like? Yeah, it's it's funny that you came to me for pick number two because this is probably my most controversial pick if I had pick number two. Um, I'm taking Christian McCaffrey, and and oh. I realize that uh, you know he's generally ranked kind of more in that number four to six range on most people's boards, 
And I get that a lot of people avoid running backs. I get all that. Um, but I mean, we saw what he can do when he's healthy last year. He was really only getting about 50, 60% of the snaps and he was still scoring every week, putting up yards, making big plays. I just think that the fall off when you get past the, the top few receiver, I'm sorry, the top few running backs is so much greater than the top few receivers. So for me, if I'm, if I'm at pick number two and Jefferson's gone, I'm going with Christian McCaffrey. JJ, it sounded like maybe you were disappointed in Yanni's pick. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought, I thought I would get him at three. Oh boy. He didn't fall. Nope. No, I think that's I think that's interesting, Yanni. I I agree about the fall off. I've heard a lot of people talking about having you know Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson sort of on a tier by themselves. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not sure I, that that I like Jamar Chase better than uh, Christian McCaffrey, especially like when there's a shortage of one position over the other. Um, I think that's. Uh, that makes a ton of sense. Do you feel like, real quick, in San Francisco, do you uh, see him carrying the bulk of the load uh, this year? Like, how much they're going to spread it out? I wonder that with their weapons sometimes, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the concern. But kind of the the sample size that we saw this past year is he doesn't need 25 carries to put up a lot of fantasy points. I mean, you know, he can get 12 carries and still have 100 yards. He can get five catches and still have 90 yards. And he finds the end zone. So I think at the end yeah. of the day, I don't worry about the fact that he probably isn't going to get the amount of touches of a guy like a Derrick Henry or a Nick Chubb, but I, I just think that the explosiveness and I actually think the weapons help him because they can't teams can't key on him. So, you know, as a result, he's got lanes galore. Yeah. And in the half point PPR, you know, he's going to be involved in the passing game, right. like you said, right? Yeah. That always helps. And he's got a coach that will get him involved and not just get him involved, but get him involved to break him open, you know? Right. Yep. All right, very good. Well, uh, JJ, that means we go to you for pick number three. What I mean, like? I feel obligated to go with Chase, so, I mean. All right. So, for obvious reasons. Um, He's know, supposedly good or something? Is that, are those? Yeah, reasons? I mean, notwithstanding Burrow, you know, legitimately being injured for, you know, four weeks, five weeks or something. I mean, he's. Yeah, arguably up there with Jefferson and McCaffrey in terms of production, so. Can't let him go to four. All right. Sounds good. Uh, any thoughts on that one, Yanni? Yeah. I mean, I have Chase at, at number four for whatever it's worth. And I think the only concerns I have with Chase are they have a lot of weapons in Cincinnati and, you know, Burroughs health. I think you kind of look at that, you know, Chase, when you look at him, he can sometimes be a little boomer bust. I mean, he has some of these monster games, but then he has other games where he's a little quieter. And I think when you're picking that high, you know, I, I tend to go for a little more consistency. Chase obviously has a ton of upside. Certainly couldn't argue with him at pick number three. I, I have one pick lower for whatever it's worth. All right. Uh, very good. All right. I am up on pick number four. I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill. Um, I, I think that for me, there is a top tier of receivers. Um, maybe Justin Jefferson is by himself. But if I'm picking at number four, by the time it comes back around to me, th that top tier of receivers is definitely gone. And I think we talked about this on some of the other videos, but in Miami, it, I think the offense runs through two people. And like many positions, you're banking on Tyreek Hill staying healthy and you're banking on Tua staying healthy. But if that happens, I think Tyreek is just so dynamic. He's got that like slate breaking potential um, on a weekly basis. And so I want to get um, one of those players I consider to be a top tier wide receiver. 
So I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill. Any thoughts from you guys on that one? Nope. I, nope. Exactly. Yep. I, I would just add that Hill was the next receiver I had off the board on mine for, for whatever that's Me worth. Me too. All right. Well, I don't feel too bad about it then. Uh, all right. Yanni, you are back up at pick number five. Yeah, I mentioned McCaffrey might be a little bit uh, controversial or questionable. I, I guess when it comes to me, it's kind of weird the way my board falls. I've got a few of these, but um, another guy that I think some people might say I'd be reaching a few spots on, if I'm picking next, um, I'm taking Nick Chubb. I just think that, mm. again, when I'm picking that mm. early, I want some... I want to know that I've got a guy that's going to perform and I have no doubt that Chubb's going to perform. Is he the guy that's going to get you 40 fantasy points? Probably not most weeks, but is he the guy that can get you a hundred yards and a touchdown every week? He can. So I think for me, again, the fall off with that, I, you know, when I weigh Chubb versus maybe that next tier of wide receivers, like you said, I'll take another running back. All right. Uh, let me ask you a question on that. So uh, especially in like a half point PPR, obviously there are running backs on the board who are likely to do more out of the backfield. Austin Eckler would be the obvious one to talk about. What uh, what do you think in, about taking Chubb ahead of someone like Eckler uh, in this kind of format? Yeah. And, you know, it's crazy for whatever it's worth. I think it's one of those. It's not a very analytical pick. And I say that because Austin Eckler has proven the guy finds the end zone all the time. We know he catches the ball out of the backfield. He's set for another good year. Um, I certainly wouldn't argue with anyone who would want to take Eckler. I mean, I think most boards have Eckler two, three, four. So, you know, I certainly wouldn't argue with that. I just really think Nick Chubb, especially without Kareem Hunt there, the way they want to run this offense with that offensive line, you know, to me, he's, he's like I said, he's a guaranteed 100 yards and a touchdown every week. Yep. Yeah, I like that too. I, I definitely, uh, if I was, if if I had that choice, I am not sure which way I would go, but I do think that the floor is better with Chubb because of the workload that he's going to get. So, JJ, any thoughts on that for you between those guys? Yeah, I mean, what I'm going to say is I really appreciate it when you guys make the case for my pick, which is Eckler for the team number <laughs> six. <so. laughs> Completely agree. I, I mean, actually, it was between him or Kelsey, to be honest with you, but I really wanted to go with, um, you know, I, I like the whole kind of not quite poor man CMC, but right in that same type of vein um, where he also, you know, make find a way to make make things work so um out of the backfield it's just a little less desirable of a situation than san francisco but still they're going to be throwing it so I'd, i'll take eckler here um kelsey probably right behind that six six a maybe yeah i think uh I feel like in this spot, you kind of have to go with Eckler too, because of what we talked about with the drop off after that, in my, in my opinion, not that there aren't some good guys out there, but not that top tier of running back for me. And so it makes a lot of sense to me to go with that. At well, number in six. a PPR, I mean, in a PPR, right. it's, it's totally it puts him and McCaffrey in a different class. That's for sure. Yep. Same for you, Yanni. Uh, same thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I think so. And again, if, if you said, hey, I'm taking Eckler ahead of Chubb, absolutely. I mean, you could make that argument for sure. I think most people would. Yep. All right. So I, I do feel uh, torn between two pit. Like there's for me, it's one of two people at number seven. And I feel a little bit torn on which one to go with. And I'll just, uh, you know, throw. So Kelsey's one of them. JJ, you brought him up. And 
it really is this issue of how many other tight ends have the upside that Kelsey does. And when you look at Kansas City's offense this year, unless Kelsey's getting old and he's going to slow down from the production that he's had, I think he's going to be featured as much as ever in that offense. And he, I think he's going to just rake in the touchdowns this year as long as he's still playing at the level uh, that he's played in the past. And so I do think you get a huge advantage there. The other, the other one that I would be deciding between is that or Stefan Diggs. Because to me, Stefan Diggs is the end hmm. of that I have for this next wide receiver tier. Um, and, and I feel like there's a little bit of a drop-off there. Though there are still, there's CeeDee Lamb, there's other good receivers coming up who probably aren't too far behind. So as I talk it out, I think I'll go with Travis Kelsey just because of the advantage okay. that gives me over the rest of the field uh, compared to drafting a receiver, even though it, it, it would be hard for me at this spot to pass uh, on digs, but I will go with Travis Kelsey. What would you guys like uh, in that situation, Kelsey, for both of you as well, or would you go a different direction? I, personally, I'm going a different direction, and I, I get it. I mean, I think on, and I'm looking here, Kelsey's generally fifth overall, you know, ranked player. So, I mean, obviously, you know, you're getting him at a good spot. Like you said, he is the premier tight end you essentially have a matchup advantage every week against anybody that you play at that position. I, to me though, I really love the next tier of tight ends that, you know, the Mark Andrews, mm. the TJ Hawkinson's. Mm. I like those guys a lot. And, you know, those are guys you can get in round three, you know, you can find them a little bit later in drafts. So for me, I'm kind of to your point, when you get past the next call it three wide receivers, then I think you drop off another tier Certainly couldn't argue with Kelsey, but for me, I'm going receiver at that pick personally. Makes sense to me. JJ, you were talking Kelsey. Would you go Kelsey there or would you go receiver? Um, I have another receiver that I think I would go with, but I don't want to say because Yanni's picking next. Yeah, you're right. you got to hide it from Yanni for sure. <laughs> Yanni will pick your guy just to spite you, even if he has him at like number 23 on his board. So yeah, We'll see if I get to talk about him or not. <laughs> All right. Well, Yanni, pick number eight. So, you know, based on the way if we're doing this as a true draft, I'm actually going to take Stefan Diggs here um, just because in, in my world I've taken two running backs. To be honest with you, I would probably personally prefer another running back here. Even in a flex, I'm not going to take three running backs to open up. So, I, you know, I think I would probably go with Diggs here. I give him a slight edge over kind of my next two receivers that are in that tier. Um, and really the only reason I give him the edge over the other two is I think quarterback play. He's going to have more, I think, opportunities based on what he's working with. Yeah, that's something that plays into it for me, too. I think one of the things that doesn't always get talked about, I mean, certainly plenty of people talk about it, but sometimes we just talk about these players like they're in a vacuum of how good are they um, and what do we expect. But I think the type of offense they play in certainly is something to consider and the Bills should be high on high pass this year so that makes sense to me was that your guy jj no it wasn't actually oh what a deal but, but i mean you know to, to go in the same vein of wide receiver product production i'd take aj brown at nine i mean he's just like the right type of receiver right type of body for the for that aspect of a really well-tuned philadelphia offense so um, we're just talking about production here, receptions, all that sort of thing. I'll take AJ Brown. Yeah, uh, I saw 
Warren Sharp, I think all of us probably follow him on Twitter. He posted a a, a graphic of the receiving receptions and receiving yards for both of the Eagles receivers last year and said they didn't even pass in the second half. Right. <laughs> and right, they did, right. They, so yeah. So even if even if they shaved off 10% production or something like that this year for let's just, you know, offensive coordinator change, whatever, it's still just hella production. So yeah. I'm not ashamed yep. to take him at nine. No, absolutely. And they do face they do face a tougher schedule this year, which you know sure. could be harder matchups. But on the other hand, if the games are a little bit closer, maybe they have to actually keep passing all the way through the games and maybe he gets yeah. some more opportunities as well. Just touches. Yeah, just receptions, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um Yanni, I'm I'm not going to pick a wide receiver at the next spot. Uh, to me, the other person that I would think about here is CD lamb with the way he's likely to be featured in that Cowboys offense. Do you have thoughts on where you would go if you uh, had to choose between Brown and, and lamb matter of preference? I would take lamb just because again, I think he's going to be a little, I think you alluded to it a little more featured. Um, the only thing in, and first of all, I love AJ Brown. I think he's going to have a monster year. I, I do worry that that team spreads the ball around a little more than I think Dallas will. I think CeeDee Lamb is going to be the guy. Um, and, and I know they have some other weapons that are going to run the ball, all that good stuff. But, you know, I kind of look at Devontae Smith there opposite A.J. Brown. Obviously, you got Goddard at tight end. And, of course, they like to run the ball as well. So I, that's for me with Brown what I look at. And I'm like, well, is he going to get the same amount of targets and opportunities that a guy like C.D. Lamb would? I think Brown's probably a, a better overall player. Um, but kind of what you were just saying, circumstance to me, I give I give Lamb a slight edge there. Yep, I think I would I would probably lean toward Lamb between those two as well. But I have them similar, you know, so I, I don't think the the gap is big there. All right, it just depends two. if you want to root for the Cowboys or not. Yeah, that's well, a very fair point. Very good point. <laughs> I definitely don't want to root for the Cowboys. So you might be talking so, I mean, to me about my a- next pick. So. It's an internal conversation you have to have. <laughs> you really do. I hate to admit it, but when I was a kid, probably because my dad hated the Vikings so or the Cowboys so much, sorry, I asked for a Cowboys football helmet when I was like six years oh, old, man. which is, you know, I feel shame about it to this day, but Bad. I just thought I should be honest. I, I, dude, there was a there. I just got to say real quick, there was a meme that I saw and I'm for the life of me, I'm drawing a blank on what it was, but it was about a person and someone who was like an obvious scumbag. And it said, I'm rooting for this person to fail harder than against the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was pretty funny. I was like, yeah, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's, that's just about right on. So. Yeah. Uh, all right, this next one is probably my most controversial given uh, what I see out there to this point. And given the conversation we just had, I'm ready to feel more shame. But <laughs> I have not taken a, a running back yet. And I'm actually going to go with Tony Pollard here. Um, and for me, it is because I think the upside is massive. Yeah. Um, for me, it's choosing between him and Saquon Barkley. Uh, Saquon obviously has dealt with some injuries, but would, anybody can get injured. And I do think Saquon should have a, a, a big role in that offense this year. I think that's a good pick. But I, I just like the, the Cowboys offense much better than the Giants offense. Um, and I like the upside for Tony Pollard more than the upside for Saquon. Um, so I'm going to go with Tony Pollard at number 10. Uh, am I reaching too much there? 
for whatever it's worth, I have him at number eight um, on my board. Oh, wow. All right. You know, again, I I like his upside. I think that, you know, the situation is right for him. Now, we're going to have to see if he can stay healthy. We're going to have to see how he performs in that lead back role. But I think that their offensive line is strong. He's proven when he gets the ball, he makes plays. So I, I really like Pollard this year. Um, he is a little bit of, I guess, that high risk, high reward kind of guy. But I think, you know, when you get to the later part of the first round, if you're in the later part, maybe you can gamble a little bit more. I mean, you're not going to gamble on a guy like that in the top three or four spot. But right. when you get when you get to this point, I mean, like you said, his upside, it's not impossible to say that he could end the season as running back one or two. I mean, that's not out, outlandish to think. Yeah, agreed. JJ, any thoughts on Tony Pollard? I love it. I mean, four four running backs in the top ten picks. It's like we're back about in it? you know the two thousands or something, right? We're swimming but back to it. the old. School. I love it though. But I mean, you look at the you look at the guys that are that are down. You got Chubb with you know an intentionally running type of team with built for that sort of thing, um, and then two guys that get a lot of receptions out of the backfield. And now Pollard is just meant to be the guy with Zeke out. So I mean, it's just. It's, I like it. I like to see this. All right. Well, we got two more picks in round one. Yanni, you're up for pick 11. Hey, let's just keep the throwback uh, early 2000s going. <laughs> despite, despite having maybe one of the two or three worst offensive lines in the league, um, I, I would take Derrick Henry here if, if he fell to number 10. I just think he's too proven. He's a guy that we know they're going to force feed the ball to. And he is one of the few people that even if the line isn't giving him a whole lot, he can plug forward for a few yards and make some plays. So, you know, I don't love Henry, but I feel like if he made it this far down, when you compare him to, again, kind of that next tier of wide receiver here, I think Henry has more, whatever you want to call it, guarantee, in my opinion, even in a, in a half point PPR and a full point PPR, maybe you go a little different direction there, but half point, I think that, you know, you, you can justify that. JJ, any thoughts on Derrick Henry sneaking into the first round? I mean, it's, it's kind of surprising, but you know, that's what Yanni's here for because I think you're right is he's proven. I it's, it's interesting because I'm looking at, I was doing some research today, believe it or not. um, And I saw some kind of high praise for B. John Robinson of Atlanta being at the high, you know, kind of the high end of some running back lists. What's up with that? I mean, what do you what do you foresee into that? I mean, he's right now on at least on ESPN's big board. Uh, he's consensus number three running back behind Jeez, McCaffrey yeah. and Eckler, or I'm sorry, Eckler and McCaffrey. Um, I, you know, I think the guy is extremely talented. You talk about a ceiling. I mean, he, you know, he he seems to be that kind of guy that he could be a two thousand yard rusher. But there's too much competition in that backfield for me for for him to come in as a rookie. I mean, between Tyler Algier and what he did last year, and then obviously Cordell Cordero Patterson's still there. That's why I'm like, I look at that and I'm like, okay, Robinson probably has. You know, we talked about Pollard having upside. Robinson's probably got even more upside. But I also think he's got more floor there just because he potentially could, you know, especially if he doesn't start out hot, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. protect. Right. Things things like that. that, Right. Right. We we know Derrick Henry's getting 300 carries if he stays healthy. There's no question about that. 
Um, yeah. Do we know that Bijan Robinson's going to get that? I, I don't know. I mean, for him to be ranked third when he's never taken an NFL snap and they have right. other players in the backfield, that just scares me a little bit. And I, I have a feeling that he's going to be one of those guys that makes or breaks fantasy seasons for, for owners in, in year-long seasons. I, I really think he's going to be that guy that, because people are going to take him early and he's either going to, it's either going to pay off and they're going to look really smart or it's going to be one of those things where he ruins your season because you took him early and you don't get production from him. So he's a reach in the top 10, even top 15 in, from your perspective. I mean, I have him at 14th on my board. So, okay. I mean, I, okay. you know, but again, I think what do we overall, what is ESPN? But have? I mean, that's kind of yeah. offensive to Nick Chubb and, and Pollard and Barkley even, you know, like for this guy to be that much higher up there. I, I just like people to prove it. And again, I know what I'm getting from Nick Chubb. I just don't know. Yeah. Robinson could be a 200 yard, three touchdown a game guy. We know, we don't know, but sure. I, you know, I know what I'm getting with Nick Chubb. Yeah, I think I think the case for him is that that offense is likely to be very run heavy. Sure. Um, okay. Even with him and Algier being on the on the field at the same time, potentially. I mean, I don't know if that'll happen, but so I think Yanni, to your point, I think that's where the upside comes in. But I'm the same. Like I personally would want rookies in general until we see how a team's going to handle things. I, there are yeah. other guys that I would rather risk or bet on. But there's no doubt that he has a ton of talent and he's probably in a decent system for for what he's going to bring to the table if he can get the carries. So that I can see why people right. like him. To, to me, Bijan Robinson seems like that that square bet that you make where everybody on the public's on it. Yeah, and like, yeah this is the guy. And and it, he may work out. Like I said, he'll, he could win people leagues. But I kind of look at that and I'm like, yeah, everybody's on this guy. It's just, I don't know, man. I, it, I just need to see a little bit. So I'll... I'll take my chances passing on him. Yeah. Fair enough. Me too. All right. Uh, JJ, it is up to you to close out round number one with the 12th oh, pick. Yeah. So I kind of lost where I was here. Um, like I, there's some uncertainty with some of these players. So like Cooper cup, you know, like what's, what's the latest on guys like him? Um, St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, you know, they're kind of higher up type wide receivers, but there's some, some tags on them in terms of injury. I don't yeah. think any of them right now of the ones that have any significant injury. I mean, cup certainly coming back from significant injury, but I, he did have something in camp, right? But they, they, was it a hamstring or something that they yeah. said was mild? I guess you never know for sure, but. Okay. Well. I'm going to reach and I'm going to go with Amon Ross St. Brown. I, I, I'm also a Lions fan. So what can you say? In, in my That's role, not... my wife asked me what my role in this was. And she said, Are you, you're just kind of like the guy off the street. And I said, well, I think <laughs> I, I said, well, kind of, but a little bit more like, like the monkey that just picks something from a column of, uh, <laughs> of names. No, but I'm going to go with him. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I gotta go uh, with I'm, St. Brown. I mean he's he's a good enough wide receiver. I, I, I know there's doubts about the Lions offense and Jared Goff. Did was he like the did he peak last year? Um but I, I just I like I like what the team is made of. I think he's the guy that you can just keep feeding him and feeding him and feeding him. So help, as long as he's healthy, he's gonna produce. 
Yeah, we've talked when we did the NFC North. I talked about how much I like Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he is a right. phenomenal receiver. I think he's going to get a high target share this year. So I, I don't know that, I, like, if it had been my pick, I probably wouldn't have taken him next. But I certainly don't hate the pick. And like some of the other ones we've talked about, I think the upside, well, and honestly, even the floor on him is there. I mean, he's definitely their number one option uh, without a doubt yeah. in the receiving game. So I think you get a nice floor. Uh, with St. Brown as well. Yanni, any thoughts on that for you? No, I, I'm kind of like you. I mean, I don't know that he would have necessarily been my pick there, but he, I only had one season um, long uh, fantasy team last year and I had Amon Ross St. Brown. And of course I got him at whatever late round a year ago. And when he was healthy, my team was racking up points because I had him as my flex player. And I mean, he was just putting up stats. And then, of course, yeah. he got hurt. You know, it took him a little while to get back. But I think to your point, when he's healthy, I mean, he's he's I mean, he could put up some numbers there. So I, I definitely don't hate that pick at all. All right. Well, we're going to go from round one to round two and we're going to reverse the order just to make it fair. So, JJ, that would mean you get to be up again. And one of the other people <laughs> you were considering, now you can throw him out there, you know. Um, yeah, see, maybe another, maybe trouble. you could, you could draft uh, Jared Goff here, potentially. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, there are some other lions still on the board. Yeah, there, there sure are. My, my trouble is like, there's just like this clump right now that I can't. I, I had trouble, you know, really putting one above the other four or five, you know, and it's all kind of dependent. And I know when we talked about the AFC West, and we really crapped all over the Raiders, um, so. You know, I mean, like, does Devontae Adams even worth being up there in that kind of second round conversation, even though he's he's production guy? Um, you know, we talked about Saquon Barkley, you know, injury issues, not really liking the Giants offense. You know, are they capped at what they're going to actually be able to do? Um, so there's risk there. Um, but I, this is where I'm, I'm going to struggle right now. But uh, I think I would go with. Saquon Barkley. That's uh, a terrible pick, but I don't think it is a terrible man. pick, personally. I mean, I talked about him early, earlier as being in the conversation for me with Tony Pollard, even when I made yeah. that pick. So, and and I'd go with Tony Pollard because of the offense. But if Saquon Barkley can stay healthy, the Giants need him, and I think they'll rely on him. And he's proven to be a really good NFL running back. So, I, personally, I don't hate that pick. Yanni, you hate Saquon Barkley? Um, I, no, I don't. I, I mean, it's I have a reach. Him, well, I have him a few spots lower personally, and it's really just because the second half of last year, he he kind of faded, and I don't know. It's hard to pinpoint exactly why that is or was. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you can definitely make a case for picking him there, just because we know he's going to get the rock. He can catch the ball. He does score touchdown or he can score touchdown. So, I mean, it's certainly not a bad pick. Um, I just, I, I don't know. There's something this year that I just am not in love with, with Saquon Barkley. I don't know. Uh-oh. Fair enough. Hey, this right. isn't even a real draft, so you don't really need to worry, Jay. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, I guess I know. Like, I'm Saquon. sweating. Like, what if yeah. it's <laughs> <laughs> the whole, the whole all, I'll twist it up over in room 513. <laughs> It's like, I, I, uh, I needed another running back on my team. You know? Yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. All right, uh, Yanni, pick number two of the second round. Where are you going to go here? 
You know, JJ just alluded to it, uh, but I think I got to go with Devontae Adams here. And again, I I worry a little bit about the quarterback situation and, and you know, where his head is. I worry about if this team's going to be competitive. But for a guy like that to, to be in the second round, I think, you know, I, I just I can't pass on him here. I don't necessarily love him, but I at this point, I think I would have to take him. Yeah, I personally love that pick. Uh, I, this is something I've been thinking about lately, and I am not a, a big Jimmy Garoppolo guy. Also, who knows how long he plays. But diving back into some of the stats and even hearing the way Kyle Shanahan talks about him, which what he's not going to crap on him, right? But he was really yeah. praising Jimmy Garoppolo and what they got out of him. Um, I think Devontae Adams is up there. I mean, in that top, t- very top tier of receivers for me in terms yeah. of talent and what he can do. So even if you give me a like, a little bit below average quarterback, he's still going to get a huge target share and he can go up and get the ball. Um, even if the passes aren't the best. So I actually, I think that's a phenomenal pick in the second round. I mean, don't you think he's kind of like you're getting a discount just because of the uncertainty of what the hell's going on with exactly. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Even, even if Derek Carr had stayed there, I think he's a first round pick. Yeah. You know? I agree. Yes. Oh yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I actually love that one. I, I think I think Devontae Adams definitely, and even by me, maybe up until recently here, I think is being undervalued because of that situation in Las Vegas. But, man, this guy's still a baller. Yep. So, all right, well, I'm going to go. I mean, I, I at this point can't pass up uh, C.D. Lamb. Uh, that's somebody that I would have been willing to take in the first round. And this is how it goes in drafts sometimes too, right, is, uh, you know, everybody has to make their decisions and guys can fall some. But uh, this is a guy that, along with Pollard, I think should be featured in this offense uh, that's going to, I think, put up a lot of yards and a lot of points. And I think he'll get a lot of receptions, too. So that half-point PPR is good for CeeDee Lamb as well, in my opinion. Any, uh, any problems with or thoughts on CeeDee Lamb? No, I, I think you made a good point. I mean, you could he, you could take him in the first round and feel good. So I think if he falls to you in the second round, to me, that that's almost a no-brainer. I had for whatever it's worth, I had Devonta Adams with CD Lamb one spot behind him. I would have been nice. fine. I, I would have been fine either way. Yep. I think that's a fair, a fair pairing. So yeah. um all right, we are back to JJ for pick number four in the second round. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to to Tyreek's running mate, Jalen Waddle. I want I want some of that Miami love, some of that Tua love, distributing the ball to everybody. No, I like the offense. I like what they got going there. So Waddle, um, at sixteen, you know maybe it's a little bit of a stretch, but that's what I'm doing tonight. I'm going for guys. I'm not ready to go to quarterback. Is it too? But I mean, let's have this conversation. At what point do you, does somebody take Patrick Mahomes? I mean, it, I, that's going to vary person like to person. It's like a staring yeah. competition. Of course, we're doing we're picking one every three. It's a little tougher when you're only getting your shot every twelve picks or whatever. Yeah, I, I personally, I think it's still a little early, um, you know, for me. But I, you know, I, I think to your point, if you can get a guy like Waddle here, I, I would definitely opt for that over even the top two, three quarterbacks for sure. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I like Waddle. Yeah. On the quarterbacks for me, well, I would love to have Patrick Mahomes. There's a, 
uh, at least two other, three other quarterbacks that I'd be really, really happy with who I think have the upside that Mahomes does, especially with the receivers Mahomes is going to be throwing to this year. So I wouldn't feel, I would feel the pressure though, if one or two or three of those came off the board and I was picking, then I would jump in because I want one of those top four. Um, You figure in a 12 team league, you're probably getting that what fourth round, something like that. You're able to probably, you know, Third, yeah. usually what I mean, Third, at least fourth. from from what the last couple seasons, it seems like somebody will grab, you know, Mahomes or somebody and maybe not Mahomes last year, but they'll grab somebody in round three. And then to taste these, there's a run, there's, there's a run because everybody's like, yeah. well, shit, now I got to get my guy. And yeah. and I mean, yeah. that makes sense. So to your point, it is a staring contest. It's like, who's going to bite the bullet and go first? Yeah. And then everybody kind of follows suit once that happens. Got it. All right. Yep. Sorry for the sidebar there. No, no, that's a good, it's a good question. I mean, that's what we're here for is just to talk about this stuff. Uh, this, in case you haven't noticed, this draft isn't ultra serious. It's just a way to talk about all these players. So yeah, I'm taking uh, this hard though. For some It's great. Reason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what we're trying to do. Cause you some stress. hundred thousand dollar entry fee in this one. <laughs> oh, did I forget to mention that? That's my bad. <laughs> There's only a 10% rake too. So it's a really oh, good deal. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Uh, All right, uh, Yanni, I think we're back to you for another pick here. Yeah, I, you know, there's basically, when I look at my board here, there's still three receivers that I really like. So what I would do in this position, since there's only one more running back that I really like, is I would actually go running back here. I would actually, and this is a little bit of a reach to JJ's point compared to what most people have, uh, but I think he's going to have a big year, and that's Travis Etienne. I like him. Um, I mm. think that he's a guy that, is way undervalued when you look at his average draft position. Um, I just think especially, you know, you mentioned a half-point PPR. He can he can run. He can catch. He's explosive. They drafted Tank Bigsby. I mean, you know, they're, he, but I mean, realistically, he's going to be the guy. And again, offense that should move the ball, should score points. I think he's, for me, I'm going here and, and playing him as my flex. Yeah, that, man, that is uh, an interesting one. I I didn't get to watch the game, but uh, I heard, uh, you know, I've listened to what people have said about the preseason games. And obviously you have to be careful with what you take away from preseason. But the amount, I think Tank only had one carry with the first string from what I heard. And that was on a short yardage situation. So maybe the danger there is does ATN lose some goal line carries, maybe lose some touchdowns. But it sounds like at least right now he's positioned to be more of the workhorse than a than a load share, at least to start the season. And that's another offense I really like for sure. So um, that's a that's a good pick. All right, uh, let's see. Man, it gets tougher. Like, there's a, a bunch of names that get jumbled up for me here in terms of what I'd be interested in. I think, like, you know, we talked about the injury concern, um, and oh, I'm hesitant to even say that's this low. But I think I got to go with Cooper Cup. I mean, this is a guy that was the best receiver in the league when he was healthy and playing at his best. I don't know if Matt Stafford can make it through a season behind that line. I don't know if Cooper Cup can make it through a season. This is definitely a team that I'm not high on. But to that point, they don't have a lot of places to go either, sort of like with Devontae Adams or something. And so if there's health there, I think to get a guy in the middle of the second round who could be like a high scorer potentially some weeks at wide receiver. It's just too much for me to pass up at this point. Um, so I'm going to 
hesitantly go with Cooper Cup. Yanni, you seem okay with it. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, I, I actually I have Cup rated even a little bit higher. Um, the only reason I didn't pick him on mine was kind of what you said. I mean, I worry about the durability of both him and, and probably more Matthew Stafford even than him. So, you know, that's kind of why I opted to go with someone like Travis Etienne versus Cup there. But you're right. I mean, Cup is one of those guys that he could be wide receiver one or two at the end of the year if he plays a full season healthy whatever that I don't think that would surprise anyone so to your point if you're getting a guy like that that late I think you you got to look at that very good JJ any thoughts from you on the Rams star <clears throat> receiver no I mean that's a, it's another gamble I mean you're getting paid according to your risk here for all those factors you just yep. said but I mean if you know, if things are fine, if, if, you know, Stafford can make it through the season, you know, and he's healthy. I mean, he's catch machine. So who else is he going to throw it to? Hopefully no one in for our fake league. Hopefully, hopefully no, no one. one. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. That's All right. We've got two picks each left. And JJ, we are back to you. This is difficult because, you know, like – don't think I'm at the quarter quarterback zone here yet, but uh, I mean, what's the New Orleans quarterback situation now? What's going it's on Derek with that? Carr. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's definitely the guy. There's yeah. no wishy washy crap. Okay. No, no well, wishy washy crap. I want to. I want to go with Chris Olave. He's he's talented. What if there is something going on there in New Orleans? I mean, he's the guy. So, I don't know. Mid-second round, I'm fine with that. I agree. I think it's an offense that probably throws the ball quite a bit. And if Kamara is any good anymore, he probably gets a lot of touches. But after that, I think Olave is is next. Yeah, so I think he's the yeah the yeah. second most talented guy. Yeah. Yanni, uh, what do you think about Olave in the second round? Yeah, what what pick was that that we just made there? 19. Uh, 19. 19. Okay. I'm yep. just trying to compare boards here. I mean, I have him at 17 on my list here. Um, I so I mean, I like him. I think that when you look at Derek Carr traditionally, he is a quarterback that throws to a number one receiver. He doesn't always spread it out. He, you know, he he's the type of guy. I mean, we saw it with Devontae Adams, obviously. Before Adams was there, we saw it with Darren Waller. We saw it with Amari Cooper before that. He's the type of guy that he locks in with the number one guy, and he will pepper him with targets. And I think that that's what you get with Olave here is I think you're going to get Carr feeding him the ball a lot. Um, he proved last year. I mean, you know, he had 1,000 yards as a rookie, scored some touchdowns. I think he's only going to get better, and I think the fact that it's Derek Carr throwing him the ball, I really like him in the spot. Yeah, sounds good to me too. I, I think uh... – We've talked about it before, but the Saints also play in a very weak division, and I think that offense will be able to get some things done uh, with the team. I mean, one of the easiest schedules in the league overall. So, In the coziness of a dome, and we haven't really talked about it, but I think it's it's at least worth mentioning. You know, when it gets to be November, at least when you're doing daily fantasy, you're looking at those guys playing in domes because they have a distinct advantage over those people playing in, uh, you know, New England and Ohio and Pennsylvania and those cold, yeah, right. those cold weather places. So, you know, Olave is going to get the comfort of the dome. And like you said, those Southern cities, um, you know, in the winter, which I mean, that, that certainly helps the passing game as well. Yep. Very good. All right, Yanni, uh, we are back to you. 
So I think what I would do here is I, I would go with uh, Olave's old teammate, Garrett Wilson, here in, in this spot. Mm. And, you know, kind of a for almost a similar reason, kind of the same thing in the Aaron Rodgers effect there. What did he do? Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams. Yeah. And, you know, before right. that, and, and it's like same thing. Wilson is by far their most talented receiver. And I know he has some familiarity with Alan Lazard. I know there's some offensive line questions in New York. I know they're going to run the ball a little bit. But I just think kind of like Olave, I think Wilson's going to get peppered with a lot of targets there as well. So, I mean, give me him at this point. In the, in, I've got him right actually at the exact same spot, 16 and 17 with Olave. So give me Wilson here. Yeah, those two together make a ton of sense to me. Yeah. The more we've we've gotten into it, I am wondering about uh, this Jets offense. Uh, the line is making me nervous, and uh, the offensive line, and I just wonder if they're going to actually be a little bit of a slower pace team. But I a hundred percent am on board with what you just said about how Aaron Rodgers handles receivers, and I think Garrett Wilson is head and shoulders the best receiver on that team. So even if the offense isn't the most dynamic in the league you're getting close to the end of round two with a, a clear number one receiver who has right. tremendously high upside so I, I like it there a lot all right my next pick I mean I'm gonna go back to the the theme of like picking off Cooper Cup with the last one and I'm gonna take Bijan Robinson I mean if I'm yeah. if I'm in a draft and he falls this far then that risk is worth it to me because um, yeah. he's got that upside to be one of the better running backs we already talked about him so um, I'm going to go ahead and get Bijan Robinson here. Yeah, you you have to there. I mean, if he's still there, I, I think in, in a lot of drafts, he's going to be a, what, fourth, fifth player, sixth player taken in most drafts. Um, I mean, if he falls to you there, like you said, at that point, you got to take that risk because he has the ability to be the second, third, fourth best player, you know, fantasy wise. Yep. Agreed. All right. Uh, it's down to the last pick for this two round draft exercise. JJ, it's a lot of pressure because whoever you don't pick now is going to be left off of your team and their feelings might be hurt. So it's really important yeah. that you pick the right person to uh, jump onto your Isn't team. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Well, see, it's also kind of interesting because, you know, like we've picked so many and you're and here I'm thinking like, okay, well, I need more running backs or whatever. But like you said, this is just an exercise, so it doesn't matter. Um, but if that's the case... You, you don't know, have a kicker or a defense yet. I just want to point that out. Well, I'm all ranked. I didn't. Th I didn't know if we were going to get to that that deep in the draft. We're going to get Justin uh, Tucker here. Let's get him. Yeah. Oh, that's. I mean, I was thinking like right after I get my quarterback, I'll get my kicker. You know, if, if he's still on the board. No, for real. Um, where was I? Gee whiz, I'm all off track. Um, I'm going with. I kind of did this with. Uh, um. I'm going to go with A.J. Brown's kind of um, counterpart there with the Flames on the outside, the Slim Reaper, Devonta Smith. So, yeah, same I, idea. I, I mean, it's just – it's going to be – if they're going to move the ball around all over the place, I mean, why not get it to the most – you know, one of the most talented kind of like big possession over the middle guys and then also the one that can torch them over the top going to be that kind of offense right but even though like you said yanni was saying you know it's going to be crowded they're going to be distributing it to a lot of people but you know i mean with with both of these guys cornered i guess um i don't hate it 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if Devontae Smith ends up wide receiver one in Philly this year. I mean, he could easily outpace A.J. Brown. So, uh, you know, ch chances are they'll probably end up with similar numbers, it would be my guess. But um, I would not be shocked. I mean, Smith is talented because of A.J. Brown on the other side. He could see single coverage or soft zone. I mean, there there's a lot of, lot of opportunity there. And he's yeah, got a quarterback that can get it to him. <laughs> right, yeah. right. You know, that we should mention too, it's not impossible if you're doing a season draft. If 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 you played it and wanted to, you could potentially go AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts in that order, you know, depending on where your picks fall in that. Wow. I mean, you would obviously be putting all your eggs in one basket. Sure. But there's a really good chance on a lot of weeks that you would light up the scoreboard with that. It's just that, you know, if there's ever those down weeks where maybe the weather isn't there or obviously if Hurts gets hurt or something, you know, then all of a sudden you're, you know, all your eggs are in that basket. But, I mean, you could yeah, realistically true. do that. Yeah, and of those top four quarterbacks, I like that trio the best of if you were going to take a quarterback and two skill position players, I mean, you go through Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. For me, that top four Jalen Hurts with those two receivers absolutely yeah. makes the most sense to me if you're going to pair pair people together like that. Yeah, that's he, a DFS stack on it, some it, like on some weeks, man. It is. I, that, I mean, that's what I think when you look at DFS, you could stack. But I think when you do a season long draft, if you wanted to, you could have a season that's long fun. stack with those guys. Which again, a lot of a lot of your collateral in one team. But I mean, you you could get a lot of points on some weeks there for sure. Got a scour the waiver wire on uh, on bye week for the eagles right. if you do that but right. <laughs> no but i like it too all right yanni how about you for your last pick here what are you gonna go with so there's really only one other guy i have on my board here um that i would consider picking that's not a quarterback i think at this point because i think to me you know there's one other guy and then you get kind of to that quarterback spot and, you know, J.J. said he's going to do his homer pick with Amon Ross St. Brown. I would take Josh Allen here, you know, more biasly than anything. Um, I think, obviously, you could take Mahomes here. You certainly could make the case for taking another skill position player here, depending on what you're doing. But for me, um, if we're looking at this, I think, you know, you're looking at the guy who's been the number one quarterback fantasy producer two of the last three seasons. And I just think, you know, for me, if he's still here at this point, Sure, you can float some names out there of guys like whatever, Jameer Gibbs and you know some of these other receivers and that, but give me the sure thing at quarterback who's, who's going to generally put up a lot of points every week. All right, we start the run on quarterbacks with Josh Allen at the back of the second round. So, I mean, if we're going to go quarterbacks, it's my last pick and I don't want to hurt feelings, so I definitely have to take Kirk Cousins here because I need to encourage him. <laughs> I need him to have a good year, um, and so I want him to feel like he is really valued. Uh, I won't actually take Kirk Cousins. So for me, it came down to two things. And I'm actually thinking of this as an actual draft and with a with a quarterback being taken, like we talked about. My pick is going to be uh, actually Jalen Hurts. Um, and I'm going to take him over Patrick Mahomes. And for me, that comes down, number one, to the weapons. And number two, the Jalen Hurts, at least for now, is just going to run more, I think. And I think he's going to have more <laughs> touchdown opportunities when they get down into scoring position. And so, you know, if I'm just picking a quarterback, I'll take Patrick Mahomes, like for my team. But for fantasy purposes, I'll take Jalen Hurts. The other person I considered here, someone that I'm maybe too high on, um, 
and Ezekiel Elliott didn't change my mind as Ramondre, Ramondre yeah. Stevenson. Yeah. I have him up, up a little higher here with running backs because I think he's going to have to carry such a load in New England there again. And so that was just to throw it out there, the other player that I would consider with this pick, but I will, I will stick with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I mentioned I had one other skill position player, and it was Stevenson. So I think, okay. you know, you, I, I'm with you on that. I think, obviously, you could take Stevenson there, and I think if you get him at the end of the second round, you feel pretty good about that. I, to me, the, after that, there tends to be a falloff. I mean, I kind of had, personally, a guy like Najee Harris right behind him there. But I think, you know, once you get past Stevenson, that's kind of where I'm like, it makes sense to look at Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, as opposed to getting a guy like, uh, you know, Najee Harris, let's say, for example, or whoever your next tier of back or receiver is there. Yeah, I really yeah. agree with that too, Yanni. When I look at the the lineup of skill position players after this point, um, I think those top four quarterbacks to me are are pretty much all people that I would want over the next groupings yeah. of, of skill position players. I mean, you can make the argument for, you know, maybe going that next tier of tight end. If you like Mark Andrews or again, Hawkinson or something, there's guys like T Higgins. I mean, there's some good players out there and maybe you want to roll the dice. If you need a guy like that and you want to have some more skill position and, and hope that maybe one of those big four quarterbacks, or maybe you do like a quarterback later that you feel good about, you could do that. But for me, when I kind of compare, okay, do I want Mark Andrews or Patrick Mahomes? Do I want, you know, Najee yeah. Harris or Josh Allen? I, I mean, that's kind of where I go in that spot there. So, and of course, you know, if you're doing a two round draft, a lot of it depends on what, what you do with it. I mean, what was your first pick? I mean, did you get, do you yeah. have, you know, did you get a receiver that you love? Did you get a really good running back? You know, what do you have there to where you might feel you need another one versus a quarterback, obviously. JJ, any yeah, thoughts the on the, uh, like getting in on quarterbacks versus skill position here? No, I think where Yanni was leading off there, like the the context is what really matters. So, like, what you know, what how is your roster already shaping up, and do you need to do you need to go there yet, or do you really need to plug another hole and have us like a second complementary receiver if your first one wasn't you know super strong or whatnot? So, yeah, I don't know. I'm probably more of a um, follower on the landslide of quarterbacks um, rather than being like the first guy to go for it. I, I think part of it too is you mentioned it tasty. You're kind of somewhat interchangeable with Mahomes, Allen hurts, maybe Lamar Jackson. Like, you know, you're kind of, to me, if I had any of those four, I would feel pretty good about what I'm doing there. And, and do I love one more than the other, other than obviously my hometown bias of Allen? No. Cause I think they're all, going to put up similar stat lines on a weekly on a weekly basis yeah and, and i'll say for me like let, let's say that this is a 12 team league and this is actually just my second my second pick um it the only debate for me i think would be between with where we were at and who was left would be between Ramondre stevenson and one right. of the quarterbacks because i think after that even if i don't get one of these next handful of receivers I think these quarterbacks have more of an opportunity to win you a week in fantasy football than like DK Metcalf does. Not that I dislike DK Metcalf, but like I'll take those four quarterbacks uh, to give me a better chance than than the people that are left right. in these tiers. Dude, I mean, because there's been, I, I mean, this is this is going to sound like you know amateur hour, but you know, I mean, there's been plenty of weeks where a guy like DJ DK Metcalf gets nothing. Yeah, you know, or next yeah. to nothing. I mean. Yeah. 
other than an injury, you're not going to get next to nothing with those touching quarterbacks. I, I just got to tell this this real quick story. Last year in the season-long fantasy I did, and I only did one. I know some people do 100 of these. I only did one because I like to do DFS. But, um, you know, I had my kiddo picking with me, and we were kind of doing it together. You know, it was just kind of whatever. And we got to round three, and Mahomes was there, and he said, oh, let's take Mahomes. I mean, he's, you know, he's nine years old. And he knows Patrick Mahomes, right? So I was like, ah, you know, we really need to grab another skill position player here. And he's like, no, we got to get Mahomes. So I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I'm like, whatever. It's a hundred dollar league for work. I mean, whatever. So we took Mahomes and I mean, he carried us. I mean, like you said, it's like, he was good for, you know, he was good for 35 <laughs> yeah. points every week. And it was right. like, you know, to your point, who would we have been taking in that spot? DK Metcalf, or, you know, where, where are we going with yeah. that pick? So yeah. You know, it's, I think that's kind of the perfect example of sometimes yeah. you can overthink it or try to, you know, construct that. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, it is about breaking down the players into the different tiers and figuring out, okay, if you miss out on this tier of running back or wide receiver, do you go to quarterback at that point? Or, you know, when is that time when you do it, if no one's made a run on quarterbacks, those kind of, those are the conversations I think you want to have. Yep. Uh, well, before we get out of here, uh, let's just take a couple minutes and talk about if there are any any people that we haven't talked about who you who you really like. I mean, we could call them sleepers, or you could just say people who feel like you might take them higher than what the market has them right now. Um, I have a handful of people written down. Uh, some of them are way out there. Some of them less way out there. Uh, but I'll throw it to you guys first. Do either of you have have somebody or you know a couple people that you like? Um, I mean, I can give you a, I can give you a few here quickly. Yeah, run, uh, run. yeah, yeah. If for whatever reason, if anyone wants to go to betcrushers.com, I have an article with basically uh, eight players that I like that are not kind of in those first few rounds. Um, so touches on a lot of reasons why if you want to check that out. But, you know, I think Calvin Ridley, he's kind of that next level receiver there, but I think he's in line for a big year. Um I've got basically a couple circled at the quarterback position. If for whatever reason you don't want to try to get one of the elite guys or whatever, if you're, or if you know, you're maybe you're playing DFS and you need a weekly guy. I really like Geno Smith this year. It's no secret. I think he's got the weapons. I think he's, you know, he's going to have a nice year throwing touchdowns and I like Jared Goff. I mean, I think that, you know, if you need a quarterback, I think Goff's the 21st ranked, you know, whatever. So, I mean, nobody's drafting him. I like a guy like that. I mean, I think he's a guy that he's going to throw a couple touchdowns every week behind that offensive line and, and with the weapons they have. Um, running back wise, I mean, I've got a few. I like J.K. Dobbins. I think he's in line to kind of have a big year now, but now that he's healthier, um, that offense is kind of, they've got receiving threats, so they can't just key in on the running backs. I like Brian Robinson in Washington. I don't love him just because I don't know that that team's going to be great and I don't know they're going to score a ton of points, but He's a starting running back and he's basically listed as the 34th running back on, you know, in an average draft position there. To me, that's too low. He, he should be a little bit higher because he's a guy who's going to get 15 to 20 carries and he's going to get some, you know, chances to score. And then I think if you want to go a little further, you can look at a guy like Ronald Jones. We talked about Tony Pollard and we don't know what we're getting from him. Jones is really the only other proven guy they have on that roster. I mean, they drafted Deuce Vaughn, who is, I don't know, like literally five foot four or something. Um, but I just, I don't see him really truly making a big impact there. So, I mean, I think Ronald Jones is kind of a handcuff guy, um, but I also think he will get some opportunities. So I think that he's a guy you could look at. And then really quickly at receiver, I think my favorite receiver that I, I will definitely take earlier than most is Jahan Dotson. 
Um, again, only reason I don't love Dotson is the uncertainty with the offense and quarterback there. I think that if they had a legit quarterback, I think Dotson could be a wide receiver, you know, in the top five in the league, you know, going into next year, even with Terry McLaurin on the roster. Um, I like Jackson Smith and Jigba, as we mentioned, Geno Smith. I think you can take a chance on Kadarius Tony. He's the 59th ranked receiver. I think he has a chance to be wide receiver one in Kansas City, and he certainly has ability. Um, and then Nico Collins is a guy in, in Houston that I think, you know, the average fan doesn't know a lot about him. So I think, you know, he's a guy that could get overlooked and he could fall. And if he's hanging out there late and you need a receiver, he's a guy. And then the last two I've got tight ends, I've got uh, my, my homer pick of Dalton Kincaid. I think he's a guy that if you don't get one mm. of those top guys, or even if you do and you want to stash him, if you got room on your bench, has a lot of upside. And then uh, we talked about your old guy, Tasty, Irv Smith there. Uh, in Cincinnati, same thing. It, he's probably not a guy you want to rely on just because he's never proven he can stay healthy and do it. But I think that his upside is huge. If you can stash him on your bench, you know, he's a guy that could end up being a really good producer. But again, he's never proven it. So I tried to go quickly through there, but those are some of the guys that I, I like that I would probably, you know, if, if they're hanging out a little bit later in rounds five, six, seven, like I'm looking at guys like that. I'll react to just a couple of them. I, uh, Calvin Ridley crossed my mind in the draft that we were mm -hmm. in. Like, I think mm -hmm. his upside is pretty massive. Yep. Um, and so I like mm -hmm. Calvin Ridley a lot. The situation in Baltimore where J.K. Dobbins, like, I've really liked J.K. Dobbins, but what I'm hearing For now sure. is stepping me out a little bit. <laughs> um, it just seems weird. Like, I'm not sure how they're going to use their running backs and how much work he's going to get exactly. So I think the upside with him is huge, but I'm just getting a little nervous about how they're actually going to use him. Definitely like Nico Collins. I think that's one of those, like, again, yes, way down the draft board, but you're probably getting a number one receiver on a bad team um, with Nico Collins. And that to me is probably better, certainly better than a number three on a good team. At least he's going to get more targets. So I, I like that one a lot. I love your call on stashing Dalton Kincaid. Um, man, that's one of those, like, maybe he doesn't do a lot this year, but if he hits his upside, he could vault up the tight end rankings. So I like stashing him a lot. And then just to disagree on one point, I freaking hate Kadarius <laughs> Tony, and I would never draft him. <laughs> I, I mean, he, he, is, he is the epitome. I mentioned the term earlier. He's the epitome of high risk, high reward. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah, for sure. For he sure. could, he's a guy that could get benched. He could get cut. He got, I mean, we don't know what we're getting with this guy, but he, he's been injured. I mean, we don't know what we're getting with this guy. He could end but, up playing nose tackle. Like who knows? You don't know. You don't know. But I think, you know, when you look at that Kansas city offense though, obviously we know about Kelsey, but where do you go from there? I mean, True. does anybody love sky Moore? Does anybody love Justin Ross? Does anybody love Valdez Scantling? I mean, Tony is clearly the most talented option of everybody else there. They did get him involved a little bit later in the season after he kind of got settled in there. I just think his upside is so huge that he's a guy, again, if he's hanging around there late and maybe you've already got your starters in place, he's the guy you bring in late and you kind of stash and see, eh, is this a guy that maybe ends up being kind of a, a, a big producer? But I, you're right. I mean, you can't you can't count on guys like Irv Smith and Kadarius Tony to carry your team. These are kind of your sleepers that you bring out and you hope that they perform and either you can play them on bye weeks or depth or, you know, potentially work trades if you're in a league that trades, that kind of thing. Yep. JJ, any thoughts on those that Yanni shared or, or any others you'd be looking at? I have nothing to add. I mean, you guys covered 
more than I could ever come up with that late in the, in the uh, thing. I, I was t- telling you guys earlier, I did it like it was a 20, 20 round um, best ball draft. It was like live. So everybody got like eight hours to make a pick. So, you know, <laughs> if you were asleep or something, I think it took like two weeks. It was nuts. <laughs> I was like, you were digging so deep in the barrel with these guys. It was nuts. <laughs> like it doesn't really matter at that point. Like is this know? guy in the CFL? I don't really know what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm I'm still scarred from that. Understandable. No. Well, uh, I have a few others I'll throw out here. Um, and again, this uh, obviously it all depends on where you get them. But people who I, I like their upside. So Trevor Lawrence, um, to me, he fits the yep. bill with some of these other quarterbacks as somebody that can run in an offense that I expect to be pretty dynamic this year. Um, so I like him. I kind of like Drake London if he falls far enough. This is another guy, almost like Nico Collins, but hopefully a better version where we don't know what we're getting from his quarterback this year and we expect the Falcons to be run heavy. But, man, Kyle Pitts hasn't proven anything, and Drake London apparently is a baller um, from from all reports, and so I think he could end up having a good year. Uh, James Cook, your guy, I'm pre- I really like James Cook this year. I think he has high upside. Darren Waller, if he stays healthy. Also, I like Zay Flowers in Baltimore quite a bit. Um, Odell, an aged Odell Beckham, I'm not sure what we get from him. Um, uh, Rashawn Bateman, coming back from injury, we don't, I mean, he's been good when he's been able to play, but I think they like Zay Flowers a lot. And I think he has a chance to at least work his way into the number two receiver spot, if if not even better. Uh, And then digging deep, I'll give two more. I don't mind Tyler Algier a little bit later. Um, you know, we talked a lot about Bijan Robinson, but man, Tyler Algier was really good last year. Yep. And I wouldn't be surprised if they work him in. And certainly if Robinson, man, you talk about handcuffs, what a great handcuff there. Uh, you know, you've got a number one running back if Bijan Robinson gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my last one way down the board is I would maybe consider this is almost like Kadarius Tony, Yanni. Um, I would consider KJ Osborne, and maybe that's me, me being a homer, but we'll see how Jordan Addison is. Kirk Cousins already has some good chemistry with KJ Osborne. Like he functioned well in that offense as certainly the third receiver. And yes, they have TJ Hawkins in there now, too. So, you know, not going to get as many receptions, but I could I could see a season where Osborne is is almost there with Addison in terms of uh, targets and receptions. We'll see, but I don't mind that way down the board. Any thoughts on uh, any of those? Well, yeah, you. Br- oh, go ahead, JJ. I was just going to bring up the point you 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 mentioned. We keep talking about Atlanta and some of these guys and run heavy. The Kyle Pitts thing. I mean, that's this is really disappointing when you think about it. I you know I haven't really stopped back and and at what after two years, but he doesn't really seem to have that fire. You know, like that. Um, you know, some of the the more physical type of, of tight ends and. You know, is he is he getting uh, you know overmatched even in the secondaries and such? I mean, he just has not been an integral part of the part of the conversation there for sure. But, anyways, you know, we keep talking about these guys with Atlanta, and and this it's almost like a l- little bit of an interesting chemistry experiment that they're going to have there this year. That like it, if you want to talk about like the deep risk reward type profile guys, and you just said it in Algier, if he gets if Bijan has trouble, he's putting it on the carpet. He's not pass protecting all those sorts of things. You got this guy, you know, a number one uh, running back uh, that you probably drafted in the seventh round. So yeah, that sort of thing is pretty slick when you're thinking like the next step ahead 
um, of, of some sort of weird chemistry experiment down there. We, we all have that one story, but I mean, I, I remember back in 2000 and whatever, um, you know, I, I was fortunate that I was able to stash Larry Johnson for the Chiefs on my bench back in, you know, I'm oh, dating yeah. myself and Priest Holmes went down. And, uh, you know, it was like all of a sudden I had running back number one, you know, who literally the first six weeks of the season didn't play or hardly played. And now I'm putting him in and he's leading, he's getting, you know, leading in points every week. And I think Algier is that type of player where, you know, if you have him, if Robinson goes down, you're right. All of a sudden, you know, you have an RB, what, top five, probably maybe top three or four at that point. And I mean, having that, and and I think to your point too, he's going to get some carries anyway. I, I know Robinson may be a workhorse. We'll see. But I, I just can't imagine with what Algier did last year that he's not going to get some work anyhow. So you get a little bit of work out of him with the upside of if Robinson doesn't perform or gets injured, now you got a stud there. And I think that's kind of what you look at with a guy like that. Yeah, agreed. All right, well, this has been fun, fellas. Best of luck to anyone who is doing actual drafting for actual drafts. I hope it uh, goes well. Yanni, are you doing uh, doing the league with your son again this year? We are, yeah. We've got, uh, we got. I'm actually doing two season drafts this year, so we're, we're expanding a little. Uh, but yeah, it up. yeah, we got that coming up here in a little over a week, so uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, we, we were fortunate enough to win it last year, so we'll see if we can do it again. Defending champs, I That's love it. That's it. That's it. I love it. Your son's ahead of the game with his picks, so you'll have to let us know what uh, what good stuff he comes up with this year. He knows the stuff, man. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. He's your son, so I believe it. <laughs> well, fellas, thanks for joining. Uh, Yanni just mentioned it. Um, he's got articles starting to pop up, so uh, go to betcrushers.com, and you can get all of those. Follow Crushers on Twitter. And uh, fellas, I'm sure we'll be talking some more football before long. Thanks for jumping on tonight. Appreciate it. See ya.